The materials on this podcast are for informational and entertainment purposes only and are not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional. Hi, welcome to the Love Approach Project podcast, a space dedicated to bring you tips, ideas, and new ways in which you can live a more empowered life where stress doesn't take over and where love becomes the rule of the day. Enjoy! Welcome to another episode of the Love Approach Project podcast. This is your host, Laura Gutierrez, and today we are continuing our very interesting conversation with Julia Pomaskina on Ayurveda. So Julia is going to be sharing with us a little bit about what causes an imbalance in our bodies and what can cause stress and anxiety as well, all coming from the perspective of Ayurveda. She's going to be sharing some more tips with us. Very, very interesting information. I'm sure you're going to love this episode. So have fun. And so Julia, what is an imbalance in Ayurvedic terms? So in imbalance in Ayurvedic terms is... As we spoke before, imbalances when your vata rises and gets out of proportion, right? So we need, we spoke about before that Ayurveda teaches us that we need to bring, um, we need to bring our body in balance. As long as, as long as we're in balance and expending the energy in the right way and leading our life sustainably in the right way, it's good. As long as, um, as soon as we get out of balance through life or our own actions, um, we create an imbalance. An example of vata imbalance could be you went traveling, mm. right? You flew to Europe. Um, traveling is movement. Yeah. Any movement faster than walking creates vata. So traveling on the plane creates a lot of vata because your subtle body can't catch up with your physical body as quick as well. You, know, you move basically yeah. um even driving creates water watching tv creates water spending hours in facebook creates water <laughs> <laughs> you know so, <laughs> yeah. right so so you and we all do that regardless of our constitution right so say for example um your vata your vata dosha that which spoils grows and grows and grows in your body you reach the stage where your nervous system is vibrating way beyond what it should be in a stable shape uh, it could manifest in your life as digestive disorders like constipation that's a very common yeah. one mm. if, if a person's prone to constipation you can safely assume the vata's out yeah okay right? right so that's an imbalance okay. so for pizza an imbalance it could be acidity for kapha an imbalance could be weight gain um accumulations growth you know yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh i love this I, it's just fascinating it, it even uh, though i hope sorry. it makes sense and i'm not confusing you <laughs> I think obviously, you know, it's a topic that perhaps we all, we don't know much about. So learning with you right now is going to generate many questions, but everything that you have explained has been clear. Uh, I take, yeah. <laughs> I hope the listeners 
think the same. <laughs> and so, Julia, talking about imbalances and constitution and all of this, and knowing that this podcast is uh, basically focused on helping people who are experiencing stress uh, and anxiety, what is the Ayurvedic approach for that? Okay. So, Ayurvedic approach to stress and anxiety. It is very interesting, <laughs> Ayurvedic approach for stress and anxiety, because Ayurveda teaches us that nothing in, the, in this world is purely good or bad. So, Ayurveda teaches us that a little bit of stress is actually very good, for example, for kapha people to get them off the couch and do something. Of course, yeah. But Ayurveda teaches us that too much of stress is not a good thing. Um, Ayurveda has a concept called Agni, mm -hmm. which you might or might not have heard about. And um, Agni is our digestive capacity. Mm -hmm. Our digestive capacity to digest our food, to break it down yeah. with, with the form uh, with the help of fire enzymes in our body, then move it with the help of water down our intestinal tract and assimilate it and etc. etc. Yeah. Yeah. So the concept of digestive fire is extremely important. So Ayurveda places an emphasis on mental and emotional agni as well, our capacity to digest life mentally and emotionally, our capacity to digest our experiences right mm -hmm. yeah. so in terms of stress good stress a little bit that you can digest you know like you know you you want to pass an exam and you've studied a lot but it's still a little bit stressful but it's yes. manageable right yeah. um well like me um doing this interview with you laura i've never i've never been recorded in a video before all this time i've been concerned how do i look <laughs> right stressful but it's actually quite enjoyable and manageable right yes yes um but when the stress tips over and it's too much and it cannot be safely digested by the psyche okay. that then it forms armor or toxicity subtle mental emotional toxicity in the body is stored in our cells of the body whether you like it or not um and um, that's when problems are created and you need to deal with it. That means you didn't, you, you didn't either not have the capacity yeah. or time or inclination or knowledge to deal with it at the time. Right? Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately in our modern world, it's very common, right? Yeah. The most common um, symptom that you are stressed, as Ayurveda teaches us, is this. Because some people, when they're stressed, they know it, you know, they've been, and there's a lot that has been written about stress in terms of cortisol, adrenaline, adrenaline, hormonal balance, how yeah. it affects progesterone, estrogen production, etc. Et so I'm sure um, you you must have come across that information. Yes. Now, there's a lot of it out there. True. Right? Um, but what actually, but some people um, might say, but I'm not stressed. You know, that's my life and that's the way I like it. So Ayurveda teaches us that one of the common symptoms of stress is this. It's a symptom of stress. It's how you can tell if you're stressed or not. 
um, meaning that's how you can tell if you've digested your past stressful experiences and you came to neutral. Right? Okay, okay. Yeah, so that is that. If in your mind you tend to live your life not in the present moment, not feeling the bliss, the joy, the happiness of living, if in your mind you tend to regurgitate your past experiences a lot, Mm. or plan for your future a lot mm. right that means your body is not imbalanced you have not properly dealt with the stress that has come your way or that you imposed on yourself make sense yeah yeah right wow so from a digestive we spoke about agni and the necessity to digest your experiences because they will not go away until you properly digest them how interesting is that? So from so we spoke about the Agni and the necessity to digest your life experiences. Yeah. Right? From an emotional, mental, psychological viewpoint, so that they don't influence your present or your future and they are safely assimilated in your physiology from stressful um, energy in the cells to life wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. So we spoke about the necessity to do that. And that's what Ayurveda teaches us we must do. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. So that's, that's, that's broadly speaking, Ayurvedic view on stress and anxiety, right? Does it make sense so far? Yeah. So basically what I'm getting out of what you're saying is that it doesn't matter if the stress was in the past. <laughs> or it's now we're always gonna basically our body is going to register that and it is up to us to digest it to process it and i guess with ayurveda uh, or with ayurveda practices let's say ayurvedic practices and health we can do that we can bring us to a neutral place a place of balance exactly Exactly, that's beautiful understanding. That's exactly right. And Ayurveda teaches us how to build that stamina, how to increase our digestive fire, whether it's for food or for life. Wow. Right? Mm. So, so that's, that's, very, that's a very important concept to understand in terms of stress and anxiety. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's, um, it's great that you have touched on that because... I, I have seen in my own practice as a healer that many people have come to feel unwell because of past experiences that were not processed, that were not exactly, exactly. yeah, that were not healed. Mm. Exactly, and we're all human. It's important to say that um, we're all human, and we. It's very admirable that we'll strive for perfect health and perfection. Yeah. However, it's important not to be fixated on that. Yeah. Not, it's important not to be fixated on processing everything right now, but to give yourself time to build your stamina. Yeah. Um, I would also like to mention one more thing with regards to stress and anxiety. Ayurveda teaches us this, that except Uh, in addition to life experiences and the natural playing out of your life and karmas in your life, right? Um, One of the causes in modern day 
for stress and anxiety is that we take on too much information, right? So if you're one of the people going from course to course to course, studying and reading and, and, and taking on everything, and it could be beautiful teachings, right? And you're taking on all, it's like eating, you're constantly eating, you're eating yeah. the information, right? <laughs> and you don't give yourself time to properly digest every piece of information. And not just to properly digest, but to assess it with your critical thinking. Is it actually doing good for me right now? Or is it just too overwhelming and too much? Yeah. You know, that constant taking on of information will inevitably lower your ability to deal with stress, create toxicity in your um, system, yes. and will, will, will weaken you and will create stress and anxiety going forward. Simple wow. example. How many of us have bought a lot of books and the books are sitting on the shelf and you look at them and you think, I should read all them and it gives you a bit of like, oh, they're all sitting in there, right? Yes. How many courses have you done that um, you didn't have time to properly practice, assimilate, critically assess? Is it good for you or not? You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you've pushed them away, but on a subtle level, they're still hanging off you. Yes. You know, and that will create unease in your system, right? Oh. Unease eventually, probably disease. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So the digestion of life can be overestimated, and that's what it means to digest life. Just as you eat food, you know, you eat your meal, you let it sit and digest it properly. That's the life experiences because stress doesn't always come from external things like life events or karmas. You know, fair enough. Some of them you can mitigate or milden, right? Yes. Some of them you might not be able to. Um, but the majority of stress comes from overeating, <laughs> yeah. overeating the information, the courses, over overexerting yourself out yeah. in the world over consumption yeah. <laughs> yeah. consumption exactly yeah. exactly thank you julia and that's something that i personally hadn't thought of and it's that that concept of being able to process everything from from the good we can you know just say good and bad even though it's not about putting it into those terms but from the things that are that we consider good for us like going to courses and all of that to the issues that we have had, all of that needs to be processed for us to be in that neutral space. I love it, love it, love it. Thank you, Julia. Yeah, that's exactly right. Julia. So what else can Ayurveda offer in terms of stress and anxiety? So one of the key concepts in Ayurveda for human health, and that relates a lot to stress and anxiety, is maintaining the right daily habits. Mm -hmm. In Ayurveda, that's called Dina Charya. Dina Charya. And Ayurveda basically tells us that if you don't maintain the right daily habits, then um, your health, the true health is not possible at all. Oh. Right? That's number one. And number two, you might even accumulate more karmas or neg negative okay. consequences okay. as a result. So in terms of the, so specifically addressing the stress and anxiety condition, 
So the key element of daily regimes or dinacharya, as Ayurveda teaches us, is very simple, yet it's very difficult for a lot of people. It's going to bed at the right time and getting up at the right time, right? And um, the, the, the consequences, the benefits and of that are unparalleled. And if you don't do that, the consequences of that are very bad. Oh, right. Okay. So, in the modern science, also confirms the the circadian rhythms and uh, rhythms and the importance of following them. But Ayurveda gives you very specific timelines. Okay. On that. So basically, in the modern world right now, as we live, as we speak, you um, Ayurveda recommends going to bed between nine and ten p.m. every day. Okay. If you go to bed after ten p.m. Because um, during the night, what happens is that your body gets repaired, your organs get repaired and rejuvenated in a certain pattern, right? But this pattern is transposed onto the clock, right? Okay. So if you don't go to bed by 10 p.m. and if you're not asleep by 10 p.m., then you're missing the boat. And okay. missing the boat in terms of your physical health in terms of your mental and emotional health, because particularly the period from 10 to 12 p.m. or 1 a.m. is responsible for psychological health and physical health. Oh, wow. So if you're not asleep at that time, then inevitably you will lower your capacity to digest um, stress, to digest negative experiences in your life, and you will lower your capacity to be successful in this world. There's no question around that. So some people might say, but um, what's it called? I'm a night owl. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Some people will say that. Ayurveda very simply tells us that if you're a night owl, you, make, you have accumulated enough ne negative karmas from the past, meaning that you have ignored the rhythms of the sun and the moon enough so that you are now in that state and you should fight against it. Ayurveda does not condole at all the night owl um, experience. Yeah. yeah. Make sense? Yes, yes, yes. And so when is yeah. the best time to wake up? So the um, perfect question. Perfect segue. The best time to wake up, Ayurveda places a lot of emphasis on the rhythms of the sun. Okay. So if you don't, if you want two words how to live your life happy and healthy, that would be follow the sun. <laughs> wow. Okay. Right? So the um, sun gives us life. If you ignore the sun, if you ignore the natural rhythms of this existence in this universe, um, then you can't expect that you can't expect to maintain your optimal health. It's, you know that's that's what Ayurveda teaches us. So, what's the perfect time to wake up? The perfect time to wake up is before sunrise. Okay. Before sunrise, for advanced rishis and sages who are plugged in way more than most of us into the universal rhythms, they can wake up um, in the period called Brahma Muhurta, which is three hours before sunrise. For most of us, it's not only not practical, but 
our bodies, minds, and subtle bodies will not be prepared for that right mm -hmm. now, right? Mm -hmm. So if you wake up before sunrise, um, that would be the, the lowest minimum denominator. Why before sunrise, not after? And what happens if you stay in bed after the sunrise? The sun is rising, everything is waking up. If you stay in bed and asleep at that time, uh, particularly for females, but for guys as well, you will overheat your hormonal system. Your hormones go out of whack. Um, your digestive capacity is jeopardized, um, compromised, and your body will start being less resilient to toxicity. And, and yeah. Yeah. So that's what happens when... So you ideally go to bed at 9 or 10 a.m. and get up between 5 and 6 right now as we speak, but then watch when the sunrise happens as well. Okay, yeah. So that's great tip thank you thanks Judith. that's a great tip that you could do and you could do it you could do it for free you don't need to pay money for it <laughs> your health is simply not possible without it and um, if you start doing it the benefits of that will be enormous do it for a week you will notice a different you ayurveda also teaches us that we should not do everything abruptly like at the mo like an example, if you go to bed at twelve o'clock midnight right now, yeah. and you start going to bed at ten, that could be creating stress and abrupt stress in your body. So what you should do in that, or if you're getting up at nine a.m. every morning, yeah. if all of a sudden you get up at five, you will be like, "What's happening?" <laughs> so what Ayurveda teaches us is you should take it in fifteen-minute increments. Ah. So for the first week, you go to bed 15 minutes early, you get up 15 minutes early. Second week, you move it by, and you then build up okay. to, 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 to a good regime. To a good regime. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's a way of uh, paying attention to how we are taking care of ourselves. You know, and it's a yeah. way of committing to yeah. take care of our health. Yes, definitely. So tip number two, um, for people... Um, who um, have concerns about stress and anxiety at the moment there are diet there are all sorts of diets um, that we hear about nowadays keto diet paleo diet eat meat vegan diet vegetarian <laughs> yes. diet whole yes. food diet what should i be doing yes. um veda a tailor's diet to constitution and imbalances there's no as we said in ayurveda nothing is purely good or purely bad everything is in the right time in the right conditions in the right context yeah. so for a person already suffering from stress and anxiety um, generally speaking their enzymes would be low their acidity could be up their ability to process and assimilate food properly could be a little bit compromised yeah. generalize right so their ability to break down raw foods could be a little bit compromised right yeah. so what ayurveda recommends in terms of diet when you suffer from stress anxiety or going through a stressful period is to eat well cooked well moistured food okay for example um making a vegetable stew making a soup yeah um yeah so these type of foods rather than salads or raw diet 
is the best because then the body doesn't have to work hard to pull the nutrients out because the cellular walls of the vegetables and the foods are already broken down and it becomes more bioavailable and wow. puts less pressure onto the nervous system. That's so and course, <laughs> Yeah. And of course, not eating too much in the evening. That's the key. Or, um, you know, having a very light evening meal and putting your main meal onto the daytime following the sun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the tip number two. Amazing. And yeah. So if you could switch from the salads to, to cooked foods um, at stressful moments of your life, you'll give your, your, digest, your digestive system will thank you for that. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you, Julia. It's, it's amazing because one would think, Usually what happens when uh, people stress out, some people put on weight, you know, and they're like, oh, I'm just going to eat salad or I'm just going to go eat fruit or, you know, and it's like, actually, this would be a lot easier for your body to work with. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ayurveda does not favor, for example, fasting too much for the same reason um, that it aggravates the nervous system. It's only recommended for people um with certain coffee imbalances very rarely and people with a strong nervous system so if you're suffering from stress and anxiety fasting is not the best option raw food is not the best option skipping meals is not the best option if properly and nourish your body is the best option great great are you ready for tip number three yes yes i would love to hear about that exercise you mentioned before our interview so we'll go tip number three and then I'll share uh, an exercise and meditation with you for stress and anxiety. Okay, as well. perfect. So tip number three, Ayurveda loves, as you might know, working with oils in the body. Ayurveda places a lot of attention on the body, on the physical body. Um, as above, so below. If our physical body is not well, then our subtle body our psychic um, psychological channels mental emotional capacity um, um, needs to be strengthened as well so ayurveda, ayurveda works with oils a lot yeah, yeah. Um, so ayurveda works with oils in a therapeutic setting and that's one of the things i do ayurvedic massage or direct treatments and other body treatments but also ayurveda recommends using um, ayurvedic oils at home for oh. things like self-massage right yeah. so the tip number three is self-massage daily or minimum three times a week okay um so for everybody um with black sesame oil for pita people and in summer when it's too hot with coconut oil right oh. so applying the oil on your body leaving it for a few minutes moments if you can half an hour an hour but you know 10 15 minutes is also very good before a shower and okay. then washing it off okay so what happens so why is it an ayurvedic tip for stress and anxiety right our nervous system relies on getting good fats right yeah. mm -hmm. myelin sheaths are um, predominantly a fat tissue and the nervous system needs nourishing to our subtle body applying fats in the body is protective 
as well creates some sort of a barrier between us and the surrounding world in fact you might find that as you start doing this practice daily you might lose weight because your body will feel more protected you would need to accumulate that weight as a cushion between you and reality Oh, how interesting. Wow. Yes, so applying Ayurvedic oils or black sesame oil, coconut oil on your body, keeping it on and then having a shower is a beautiful practice. It's almost free. You can buy good black sesame oil in the supermarket, in the health food shop, and um, you can start doing that practice. And over time, the benefits will be enormous for your body, your energy body. It increases your stamina, it rejuvenates. You can also apply it on the head as well. It will nourish the brain, it oh, will wow. balance the brain. And of course, there are specialized Ayurvedic oils to do that. Yes. And also, if you're going through an acute anxiety episode, what you can do is this you can take a Muslim cloth, mm -hmm. Apply black sesame oil or specialized Ayurvedic oils onto yeah. the Muslim cloth. Yeah. Fold it and then put it on your forehead and lie down for 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. So you could do that too. And that will assist both on the physical level and on the subtle level as well. Subtle. It would be great if you combine during that time you know, uh, it with a br certain breathing technique, start doing deep, slow abdominal breaths, yeah. calming your body down as well. And it's not expensive, it's easily accessible, and you could do that quite easily. Yeah. That sounds so delicious, actually. <laughs> I, I am going to try the oil one. I have coconut oil at home, so for sure I'm going to try. I'm going to start tonight. <laughs> Beautiful. With coconut oil, it would be lovely to try it now. But in winter, for certain individuals, coconut oil has cooling properties. Okay. Right? So in winter, um, it could be a little bit too cooling for the body. Okay. Just be mindful of that. Black sesame oil is a universal oil that anybody oh. can use, even for baby massage. Now, I know that, you're also, that you also have a meditation that you want to share with us. Yes, I would like to share with you a very short practice, um, more so that you learn this practice and practice it at home. Um, so it will be very short, but when you're practicing it at home, feel free to spend as much time as you can um, going through it. So right now, if you could close your eyes and think of anything that comes to your mind that causes you stress or anxiety. Think of the problem or a painful situation. And then extend your hands in front of you and hold this problem or a situation in front of you like you're holding a baby. Extend your physical hands and hold it like you're holding a little baby. A precious little baby, a God's gift that you got for whatever reason. Imagine that your heart, your physical heart and your subtle heart is growing its own hands. 
and the hands of your heart are fitting into your own arms and hands like into gloves. And you're holding your worry, your problem, your issue. And you are learning to love it. Not forgetting about it. Not pretending it didn't happen. Not pretending it's not there. But learning to love it. Not with the love you love chocolate. Not with the love you love cakes. But with the love that creator loves all its creation. And you can stay in that state, holding your problem with love for as long as you need. Giving it love. And now we're going to open our eyes. So that's a little practice for you that I hope you will find useful. It's beautiful, Julia. Thank you. It's, it goes really well with something that I usually talk about and it's the change of perspective of those things that perhaps seem like problems or issues or things that can stress us out. Um, and when we bring love, when we bring compassion, when we bring another, another way of seeing it, then we see it as the learning, you know, the wisdom that we're gaining. So thank you. I absolutely agree with you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Julia, well, we're coming to the end of our episodes, but before we go, I obviously have to ask you the Love Approach Project question. <laughs> So how does Julia approach life with love? How do I approach life with love? I practice love on a daily, in a daily fashion. Um, I pray. I pray with each of my friends, for each of my friends, for each of my relatives, for each of my clients. I pray in all of my sessions with my clients. And my practice is an act of love. Oh. <laughs> thank you Julia thank you so much for sharing all the things that you know I know um, I mean everything you shared I could feel it came just from the most I don't even know how to express it like delicate nature you know it was just that powerful very wise very profound so I thank you for that because I know it's going to touch many hearts and it's going to support many people. Um, I'm sure of that. So if people- Thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so happy to have you here. <laughs> so Julia, if people want to come and see you or look you up, find you, where, where do they go? You can find me on Facebook and connect with you through my practice page on Facebook, which is called Sunrise Ayurveda Australia. You can find me online, um, sunriseayurveda.com.au, or you can send me an email, julia at sunriseayurveda.com.au. I'll be very happy to hear from you. Fantastic. And I know that you also have a present for our listeners. 
Um, I have a present for the listeners. Um, so for all listeners of the Love Approach Project, when booking for your consultation or any of the Ayurvedic therapy treatments, if you quote the Love Approach Project, you will get $20 off for your first session. Yay! <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Well, Julia, we've come to the end, but I, I'm so happy that we had this chat and I hope that this is the first of many. Thank you so much, Laura. That's a beautiful project that you're running. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, well, big hug to you and Keith, and thank you to all the listeners and to all the people who are watching the videos. Until next week. Mwah. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Love Approach Project Podcast. It is an honor for me to bring you content that can help you grow, heal, and learn new tools that can support you in your day-to-day -day life. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so now. There are many more guests and new curated topics every week to keep supporting you in your path to health and healing. I am on a mission to support you in releasing stress and in making love the rule of your everyday. Until next week.